Welcome back to Joystick and Mouse Video Game News and Reviews for all you filthy casuals out there. My name is Alex. I go by Cross in the gaming community. With me, as always, is Diddy. Howdy, folks. And Jay Dimes. What up? Guys, wow. It's some t- technical shenanigans if you're watching live, uh, which we do every uh, Monday at 8.30 p.m. Eastern over at uh, twitch.tv slash AlexLBSU, though we're doing it like 20 minutes late right now because of said technical shenanigans, but thank you for being here. We are here. Uh, it is... February 8th, episode 99. Holy crap, first of all, um, and uh, on this year, 2021. And we're talking about a topic that sounds a little bit uh, cheesy and, and kind of clickbaity up front, but it's actually got some meat and some substance and some good conversation behind it. The question is, are video games dying? No, of course they're not dying, but there's but there's a bigger question at play that is implicit in that. So we're going to talk a little bit about what it means with all these studios buying everything up, the longevity of some of these AAA titles releasing every year, uh, what indie games have in store for the future, and so much more on today's episode of Joystick and Mouse. Um, gentlemen, I want to show you guys a picture of something on the internet, and no, it is not a wiener. I promise you, this time it is not a wiener. This time it is I'll a uh, you. it is uh, a picture of what we ate last night for, for uh, the Super Bowl, and it is a turducken. Have you guys ever had a turducken? No, I'm no. jealous though. I would have come by for like a drive-by serving. Turducken is pretty neat. I don't want to say good because it's not yeah. necessarily really good. It's just really neat. It smells. Did y'all, did y'all make a turducken or did no, y'all pre, buy like a prefab? It was a prefab one. So a our dear friends, uh, Justin and Cass came over and, and uh, we had some, or they, they had a turducken that uh, that Justin's uncle gave him, brought back with him from Louisiana. And it's some, it's like a prepackaged one with all these Cajuns, all this Cajun mm. seasoning. And the stuffing was yeah. uh, uh, jambalaya. So nice. it was it was incredible. It was all seasoned up with all this good Cajun sort of seasoning and a turducken. In case you're not you don't know what it is, it's a turkey and wrapped up in the turkey is a duck and a chicken. And so you get I think they're all supposed the to meats. say stuffed. I think you're supposed to say a turkey stuffed. Yeah, with but duck stuffed you know it, with the chicken. Except it's not really stuffed because if you look at it like in this picture here on the left, it like it's literally wrapped up. The meat, the breast meat from the duck and the breast meat from the chicken are wrapped up in it. It's it's like they folded the turkey in three different ways. And it's like wrapped up. It was good. But I still think you say stuffed. Okay. It sounds better. For stuffed. you all say stuffed. Yeah. <laughs> it, it was good. It was it was very good. The turkey part was the best. Actually the best thing, and this is no surprise, like the outer layer, that skin. Mm. Oh my God. Oh my God. Duck is so underrated. Duck the the duck was good. It didn't absorb as yeah. much of the flavor of that Cajun seasoning as a, as we wanted it to, but it was still yeah. But very duck's, good. duck's pretty fatty, so I would think those flavors would go out to the other stuff more. Well, yeah, and the, and the fat didn't really render very well either. Um, no, no, it, it was there was a nice little layer of that fat that you get with duck, just right. Al- you could see exactly where the the chicken started and stopped because you're 
it's you like, are making this sound less and less appetizing all the time. <laughs> and, and it, no, no, listen. At its core, it's disgusting. There are three birds wrapped up together and stuffed into each other to make a turducken. There's nothing yes. appetizing about that about that description. But let me tell you, I mean, it works. It's good uh, mm. because the the different tastes from those poultries so, put together, like it's it's good. So is it just the meat? Yeah, just. Well, not, it's the meat. No, so none the, of the bones or anything. Just, no, just, like the only bones you get are the the wings and the legs from the turkey itself, yeah. uh, which were very good. I crushed a, a turkey leg, and that was really good. But now, yeah, I do first time. think that there are instances where they take whole carcasses of all three birds and stuff them in each other. Yeah, I've heard of that too. I've Which might too. work out a little bit better. I don't know, but uh, uh, the way I see I it is know. that then you just end up with a lot of bones. Uh, also, well, no, no, know. you debone. So like you can, you can spatchcock like a chicken and a uh... duck and debone it, so that you get all of the all of the different cuts. I follow what you're saying, and yeah. then you like you wrap them. So then you wrap the duck over the chicken or the uh, chicken uh, over the duck, however uh, you want to do it, and then yeah. stuff that. You could stuff that actually in a bone-in turkey. I'm picking up what you're putting down yeah. right now. That's uh, yeah. that's a solid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a but little work. It's it's, it's a work. work. Uh, that's some work. But you, you gotta know, really want to do that for the sake of <laughs> for the sake of experimentation. I sure. I try it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Hashtag YOLO as the kids say. Um, Tom Brady won last night. And I lost uh, my bets on that. <sighs> How do you well, guys feel yeah, about Brady winning last night? I was more. I I learned this week that I don't actually hate Tom Brady. I just hate the Patriots. And um, now I got a I but, got a dislike for Tom Brady. I, I do. But I I was rooting for Kansas City because my family's out there, and uh, my sister is a huge Kansas City Chiefs fan. So. She's not very happy today. <laughs> mm, they did not play very well. Tim, what were you saying? Sorry, D. I'm I'm not a Tom Brady fan by any means. I'm oh, like I think he's a, an obnoxious dick, but be, but I right. I do think I do think that it is important to recognize greatness, right? Like, even if I may disagree with some things he does personally, um, on a football field. Behind center, yep. I don't know if there's been anybody else in the history of football that I would prefer to Tom Brady. I I don't know that there's been anybody else in the history of sports that has led his teams the way he has. Mm. I mean, that, this is that when you get into like me. the comparison to like Michael Jordan, yeah. Bill Russell. That pains um, me in my soul being a Dolphins fan, but well, yeah. you know. Well, you you chose to have that pain in your soul by being a Dolphins fan. Yeah. So um, yeah, but when I was getting into football, the Dolphins were good, and that was probably the last. Dan time Marino was, was amazing. He just never was before Marino. Oh, this was before Marino. Okay. Seventies in in yeah. the seventies when I was just old enough to start. Was that following Bob Greasy? Yep. They had the undefeated season. They were they were kings, man. They were great. They had Warfield and Greasy and Zonka and Kick and Morris and 
fun at Connie at line. They were phenomenal. Mm. Just yeah. Way and before I was, and born. it stuck. Yeah. And it stuck. Uh, we're good on them for taking I, a brand. I say this team. all the time. I wish I could not care. <laughs> you know, I just I. I, 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 I have full care. recognition for everything that Tom Brady does for, you know, like his teams and everything. I just feel like it's always the Brady show. It's always the Brady show. But what what's cool about the game but that we saw be. about about, you know, like in, in the commentators were, were talking about it, like, you know, the the greatest of all time playing. Patrick Mahomes, like if there's anybody that's going to live up to what Tom Brady has done today who's in the league today i think it's patrick mahomes i mean that seeing the type of throws that that guy was making under pressure some of those quick little side snap like uh, patrick mahomes has a hell of a career ahead of him i mean he's you, already breaking records at such a young you age. could tell he couldn't run though he was hurt you could well, tell he couldn't run. hard patrick mahomes's success is going to be predicated on kansas city keeping him upright in a way that new england and Tampa have managed to keep Brady upright. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. He has to, he, you know, he'll excel if he runs because he wants to, not because he's running for his life like he was last night. I'm telling you, man, that was not having it. Well, tackles you know, in a bad way. Yeah. Miss, missing half your offensive line is bad. Yeah. Especially um, at tackles. Yeah. The Brady referees definitely showed up. Was, yeah, uh, we were we were making comments yeah. about how like the refs were getting paid off. The, the calls were silly, but that's why I, I don't. I, in a Super Bowl, I don't know how you can make those calls. Come on, some of it was silly. You man. can't make those little ticky tack ridiculous calls in a Super Bowl. No. Yeah, let them play a little. It was, it was silly. It was silly. Scardon says watching Brady run is funny. Yeah, it he is. Can't run. <laughs> yeah. He can't. When he had to run for that ball that got over his head. Oh man! Like, and he just got down on it. He was like, "I'm not gonna try to pick this thing up. I'm gonna get on the ground." That's funny. Good on him. Yep, good on him. Uh, so, congratulations to the Tampa Bay fans out there. Uh, he has more Super Bowl rings than any franchise. How about that? In the NFL, it's really funny. It's really funny. So, uh, congratulations, Tampa Bay, for your win. Uh, we're going to jump into the news now because that's what we do here. Like I mentioned, we are here to talk about uh, it, this this controversial topic of, you know, our video games dying. Uh, and with that, let's jump into the news. It's time for the news. So, we have a, yeah, again, a very interesting topic to jump into you know um j just observing a lot of the conversation that we've had here in this show in this topic around the the shape of the industry how things have evolved over time um you know this this constant concept of like quality versus quantity has come into play and this there's been an article from um from Quora that that was actually published about a year ago that Diddy found that I thought was really good. Diddy, thanks for for catching this one. Um, I'm going to put this in this link in obviously the show notes, but anybody watching live right now, you'll be able to get it too. Um, so they asked this, this question: very... are, are video games dying? Yeah, it's like 
Uh, no, of course they're not. Video games are not dying. However, they've changed for better and for worse with the advent of mobile gaming and the nefarious behaviors of companies like Bethesda and EA. It's possible that the AAA industry may die. And this is where I think, yeah, that statement might be true. Um, so let's talk about this very first piece of the conversation, which is, you know, what does it look like today as far as the, the state of the industry and the state of like the landscape of video games in general? So let's dive into that statement of what we just kind of talked about. You have a hardcore gaming crowd, right? Like uh, playing AAA titles one after another, the Call of Duties, um, uh, Assassin's Creed comes to mind. What, what else, guys? What else would you put in AAA titles? Uh, you know, you got your cyberpunks, you have yeah. your like ghost recons. Well, I mean, this past year, franchises it was Animal just... Crossing, it was Doom, it yeah. was uh, Pokemon, it was. Let me ask you a question mm -hmm. Do, do, would, do we consider Animal Crossing a triple A game? Like, when you look at when you look at development time and cost in comparison to like the rest of these games and franchises that were mentioned. CD that we're Project mentioning. Red and does yeah, does Animal Crossing actually yeah, Nintendo's does Animal Crossing like fit that? Beast, you know, like right? Like you don't, well, you don't yeah, hear I mean, the incredible figures that, that Nintendo spends on games like like Animal Crossing well, or Mario Odyssey or even Breath of the Wild or any of those maybe games, right? Spent that kind of money on Breath of the Wild. Maybe, like I yeah. can see that. Yeah. But I I I feel like Nintendo kind of stays down at like double A costs, even if the presentation looks great. Yeah, I don't know if I would ever consider them like if if when we say triple A, we're talking money and time. I don't I don't know if yeah Nintendo. Well, I I I would think Animal Crossing would would qualify. I mean, they spent. A good three, four years developing it, and it. Uh, I mean, maybe triple A, certainly triple A quality, but but triple A cost, and this is ultimately where the conversation steers. Right? Is it's a it's a sustainability well, model? Is it a sustainable model for the for the gaming industry to keep churning out stuff that they're churning out? Right. Well, is that how we define it? Are we defining AAA by cost, or are we defining well, it I'm just, by? I just think cost and time have to go into it. Yeah, totally, totally. And, and but it, you know, you look at titles like Cyberpunk, where it's a tremendous cost, and we're going to talk about some of the figures and where some of the ROI comes into play. But like, where does you know? I, I think that Nintendo is again its own beast because of the way it's the the organization is run and the way that they follow their publishing schedules so i'd, I'd also say that mm -hmm. maybe triple a is not the top tier that like we used to think of it as like those things being said like you look at a game like like grand theft auto or red dead right which have even longer production time and budgets than you know like a call of duty 
you know what I mean? Or an Assassin's Creed. Mm -hmm. And they have much longer playability. Um, well, well like, but think about games like Madden and uh, NBA. Th those, those are considered AAA titles. I yeah. don't think they are. I, it's the same. They give us the same game every year. Like, but I think those are double A games. But that's also kind of the point. Yeah. And I, I think that there's there's certainly this question about uh, uh, this question about what defines triple A in that sense. Yeah. Like, I, I think that where a lot of the point of this article and some of the comments that were being made in the article um, that I found especially interesting were like, how long can we go pumping out new Assassin's Creed games every single year? With literally like the same sort of gameplay, and Call of Duty is a good ex ex example of this. Like mm -hmm. I still haven't picked up Cold War. Um, I want to, but frankly, it's just not up there for me. And whereas well, you I have other games coming out, like little one-off indie titles that put a lot of heart and soul into the game, that feel a little bit more soulful, maybe. Uh, well, I, what, but what I would, I, I would argue that games like Call of Duty. And Assassin's Creed have a very large audience, and and those yeah. people, the the large majority of them are perfectly happy with yeah. this every year iteration. Now, granted, Call of Duty, I think they switch between titles, so you get like a modern warfare game one year, then you get a Black Ops game the next. So they're really on like a semi-annual yeah. right. by title, um, yeah, yeah, or by franchise. I uh. Yeah, I don't know. I think I think games like Madden and Call of Duty, uh, and we talked about this. I don't know if it was last episode or the episode before, but we talked about how like there's that large contingent of people because that's all they play. Yeah. Yep. Um, I thought about that conversation when when yeah. we was actually one well. of my buddies reached out to me, uh, my buddy Drew, who I was I was talking about in that episode, and he was like, yeah, he was like, I was really surprised that Alex and Don didn't know that there were so many people that just play those games. Like they don't want variety. They just want those oh, yeah, games. No, and I, I guess, Oh, I, I agree with that. I, because I know like my buddy, Justin literally just plays call of duty, gets the new call of duty game every single time that comes out. Yeah. My, but my point more is like, is that sustainable? How, how much more can you innovate on top of that? And really like how long will even people like, Justin, I don't know uh, Drew, you know, is is like that too, but it's like how long is that sustain at what point would you get bored with that and move on from yeah, that? You know and, what I mean? Yeah, my point was I didn't think that was the norm. But apparently it is. Apparently there are a lot more people that play just one game yeah. instead of playing a bunch of different games. I was really surprised. I actually went and looked at numbers and I don't remember what they were, but yeah, it's fairly uh fairly overwhelming overwhelming that most gamers only play one game but you know this this brings up the economics of it and where i want to kind of steer the conversation because if you look at when you're building a game especially games these days the cost is insane like uh don i would love for you to pull the, the numbers here like what you were talking about okay. in just a second but you know to just kind of steer the conversation a bit when we look at how much the games cost and then you're building that game and you have to sell a certain number of copies in order to break even. 
that puts tremendous constraint on on the creative direction because then you're really kind of creating for an outcome for for a monetary outcome more than anything and yeah. it, and that, that's an interesting point in itself um but then on top of that it's like then you're putting even more cost on the 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 price increases to the consumer so then this is where we're looking at these, you know, $70, $80 games that are starting to pop up for the new generation consoles. Um, people like me, I've, I've said on this show, like, I'll, I'll buy that. Um, I'm in a position where I can, but not everybody is. Uh, so but I know that that may not be sustainable for the long run for a lot of people who may look forward to buying and playing a variety of games. So, so Don, why don't we steer the conversation to the the economics of it? Do you want to take it from here? Okay, so, so let's face it. For us, sixty bucks, seventy dollars for a game. Even though it's a lot of it, it's a lot of money. It's something that we can do. But we don't go out. And, we don't run out and buy every game brand new because it is sixty dollars a game. For most people, that's a lot of money. It's a it's a it's a, a significant amount of money to spend on something that's going to last you a month, maybe. And that and I think that is why what we were just talking about, people that only play one game. I, I have a feeling that that's part of the reason why is because they consider that like like I consider my wow subscription entertainment that's their entertainment budget for 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 what they want to do but i looked into the numbers a little bit so so let's take cyberpunk as an example cyberpunk cost now this is just development costs this is tools salaries all that just to develop the game this is not the total cost just the development cost was $127 million. That is if a lot you, of money. That's a lot of money. Now, that Does game... That include personnel labor? Yes. Yeah, okay. yeah. Okay, yes. It includes labor. It includes tools, computers, office space, that stuff, for the developer to develop the game. I like they get... The you don't developer, think that's bad? I feel like that's the, more than most movies, right? Yeah, the developer yeah. gets about. I, mean, I think the last Star Wars movie cost almost two hundred million to make. I think. Yeah, I mean, yeah, but that's like also Star Wars. I don't know what you're saying. I don't know, like, like I'm starting to, I'm starting to become more okay with the numbers I'm hearing, just, but still, just like, oh my god, these hundreds of millions of dollars. Anyway, Diddy, please, sorry. Continue. That means they need to sell <laughs> two million copies to break even. Like, I don't feel like that's a stretch. No. So. The publisher, the publisher itself, uh, or the the person that created the game gets about twenty seven dollars. Yeah, the developer gets about twenty seven dollars of the sixty dollar video game price. So to break even, they have to sell four point four four million copies. Wow. Almost four and a half million copies of a game like Cyberpunk at sixty bucks a pop, just to break even. Where's the that, rest of the money going? 
So the rest of the money goes to um goes like to the marketing. Yeah. The publish the publisher gets money. There's royalties for like Sony. Sony gets royalties if you are on their platform. Uh distribution and then the retailers. Yeah, the retailers, retailers are get, another big piece. But they get they get like pennies on the dollar. Yeah, retailers. They get about fifteen bucks out of the they get that much? I would not have expected yeah, that much. Game. Wow. Yeah, okay. Six game. Um, um, distributions, you know, about a percent or so. Um, royalties actually is quite a bit. Now, here's here's something to think about. How often in a major AAA game where you're talking about a, somebody spending a hundred and some odd million on development, are the publisher and the studio separate um is that most, that's all i would like, say most of the time I'd say a lot of indie developers that don't most have the backing of, the of an ea yeah all right but we're a, talking about triple a games right yeah. so like if yeah, you yeah, look yeah. at something like call of duty for instance like the studios that make call yeah, of duty do- i believe are owned by activision yep yeah yeah they are Right. So it's almost like it's almost like television Mm -hmm. where it's actually more beneficial for the show to be made by by the the network that's going to air it. Right. Because and what you lose. But they're very risk adverse. Right. They're not going to do something that's going to take a lot of risk to it. They're not going to put that kind of money. So like for cyberpunk. Uh, the total cost was three hundred and thirty million dollars to 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 build, market, and distribute that game. But is but the 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 is the studio and the production, the studio and distribution are they two separate entities in that on that game, or are they the same people? Uh, mm. They are CD Projekt Red. CD Projekt Red. Who's their distributor? I, I think that I think they, they run an all-in-one they, operation. They may yeah. run it all. I think that's actually, if you're going to spend that kind of money, mm-hmm. I would think you'd almost want to be in full control so that you're not splitting your money. Yeah, that's a good point. That's oh, a very good point. Oh, I agree. But so that, that sort of brings us to the point, though. It's a lot of money. Uh Publishers, companies are not going, we're going to get fewer innovative new games, new IPs. Well, that's the big, that's the, that's the big that point are, to all this. Because they're not going to take the risk for the, for that kind of, when it starts costing that kind of money. Yeah. Like yeah. how long are we willing to sit with like a rehash? We're going to get of Call of Duty, Duty 37. We're Over gonna get, I think you know, we're already at 37 to be honest, but like impossibly. Yeah. <laughs> but but, oh, but you, that's you know, really the point. Yeah. Sometimes you do. So like Batman, like the Batman games, for instance, right? Those mm-hmm. like what we're talking three, um, As- Arkham Asylum, Arkham City, Arkham Knight, right? Yep. You look at all three of those games. There are sig- significant changes and advancement in the gameplay from one to three. Yeah. But they've like, also been. You don't feel like you're playing the same game. Yeah, every but they've. Time. But but they're not releasing those every year. 
right? Like they're releasing them every three years, four years, and and it's been even longer since the last since right, the right, release, right. You know. Well, I guess my point is more. You like, were there? Four? There are I feel like there were four. There were four, but I don't, we don't talk about origins. Arkham Origins, <laughs> that's right, the one with Troy Baker playing Joker. Yeah. So there were four games, and they but they were released over the course of of several years, and yeah. and you know that's kind of the point, right? Like. I, there was this fatigue that I definitely felt come like I think Black Flag was the last one I, where I really felt it, but it was this Assassin's Creed every year. I was like, shit, I gotta get through the other one. I gotta get through this one but, first before I get to the next to the next one. You know what I mean? So, but I would argue for them, the studio is taking less of a risk because they are probably not putting as much money into development because they're reusing yeah. the same engine. They're probably reusing a lot of the Absolutely same they are. artifacts yeah. and stuff. Absolutely. As a part of the game. So their their costs are lower. They can afford to like keep cranking them out. Yeah. But that's the point. That's right. the point, right? Like, that's, that's the point. Is that we're not going to get new stuff. Is we're that going sustainable to get for the same game? Yeah, is that sustainable for the long run? And that, that's where I would love to I actually think it is. You you think so? Yeah, because I think they have audiences like I think they have audiences where there's enough people that are willing to pay the $60 day one. Yeah. And they know right. that at, yeah. at their cost at their cost line, they can sell that game for $30 and still make money. Like, so think about that. Valhalla was $30 less than two months after it came out. Uh, yeah, I took advantage of that. I don't believe Shit. Ubisoft is losing money. Every one of Ubisoft's mm. new releases this year, even the brand new. IP, mm -hmm. um, uh, Phoenix Immortal. Or whatever oh yeah, yeah, Phoenix right, <laughs> Phoenix right. Uh. They were all thirty dollars, like, mm. and I I don't believe that they were lose that they decided they were going to take a loss on software at Christmas. Yeah. I just think they know like what they've got in the game and that they can afford to do that because they're not spending that much money on production. So you look at a game like, uh, like Assassin's Creed and what was the other one that they had this year? Well, but look. Like Let's go back to let's take that back though. Would we consider uh, Phoenix Rising a AAA title? I think it is. I think they, they I think they they pumped money into that title, but they didn't necessarily um, advertise it as well as it could have. I think it's a bit of a sleeper hit, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, it looks like they put money into the graphics. I mean, it, it granted, maybe there's maybe they're stealing from something else that they've done um, and they rolled rolled a lot of uh, artifacts and stuff into that. But yeah, I think so. Yeah. And I would genuinely be interested in hearing from the community listening to this. Like, do you are you all OK with playing basically a reskin of a game year after year, shelling out 60, 70, perhaps 80 dollars? year after year for that experience or the brand new experience. And and I think a lot of people would be okay with that. I, I agree with that. I just wonder how how long people would be okay with that for. Me. Right? They've been getting away with it yeah. for Call of Duty for decades. At decades. They, yeah, right? they have. Yeah, because So that's the other part of it is, is right now games are, well, games are 60 or 70 depending upon which platform, right? Yeah. Um, That's a lot of money. But if games actually would have been uh, kept up with inflation, they'd be ninety dollars right now. They'd be eighty-eight point eight. They'd be ninety dollars right now if they'd have kept up with inflation. 
I can't imagine anybody paying $90 for a game. I well, yeah, but I think I, people will. But do you think they will? Um, depends on the game. Depends on the and game. And so so if they do fine, but if they don't, how that that will change the face of gaming. We won't get the stuff that we get now. Listen, I think let's say Call of Duty and Madden, for instance, right? If it got to the point that people weren't willing to pay retail for those games, I think they would just lower the price and keep making money because they're not putting a ton of money into production. That's a good point. That's a very good point, like, J-Dimes. What, well, those what, games, what do they yeah. really change in Madden? You know, they like you got to change some team, right? Like, I, team rosters and all that stuff. But like, other I, than that, I agree with you. I, I absolutely agree with you. I think it's I, the same thing with Call of Duty. Like, people haven't left Call of Duty, and there have been better shooters. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, like they ran Battlefield out of like out of the modern warfare business, and the Battlefield was a better game. And, and but that's sort of my point, right? We're not going to get new stuff. We're not going to, we're going to get the but same thing that, so just does, retreaded over and over and over. So I can say from my experience or from my own perspective, that bugs me because, and I think that you and I are on the same page of this, Don, and this might be where ultimately preference for our own preference might be uh, p potentially we're trying to overshadow what the market really needs or really wants. And that repetition is uh is is okay for I, i'd say a majority of the market um but for you and me what we look for is really innovation um you know i think that what we've seen in, in this article kind of talks about it um you know so video games as a medium are is never going to go away but i do think that we'll hit a saturation point like we did with the in the atari shock and uh the result will be a segmenting in the genres of video games into their own communities that may want their own identities we've seen this a little when gaming went mainstream and suddenly everyone and their grandma wanted to claim the tag because it was trendy as a result people were pushed into more specific identification you know saying like well i'm a hardcore gamer top 500 etc i think it's highly possible that new ways of identify people identify themselves will surface to escape the dilution of meaning um and AAA companies will exist, of course, but their relevance will start to wane unless they can evolve with the strict parameters they have. So really, this comes down to uh, the question of like the quality versus quantity piece. Um, you know, like, do we do I, I know that for me personally, where I would love to see more. um more coming out of the industry is innovation like nintendo's really good at doing this in their own silly way but you know i look at games like phasmophobia um i look at games like what telltale does like some of these certainly indie titles and or these indie publishers and, and companies that put out really unique games but also through through this conversation it's also recognizing jade i'm to your point it's like that's not everybody's jam well, you know what I mean? I, just the point. So what do you all pay per month for WoW? $15 on average. I think I do the so six. You're, yeah, you're spending $14. a little under $200 a year, right? Mm -hmm. Now, Maybe, yeah. when you Maybe think about WoW, how much innovation do you think you have gotten out of World of Warcraft in the last five years? 
Diddy, do you want to answer that or do you want me to? Uh, none. <laughs> no, I know that's that's. Well, not no, true. I picked up that. I'm kidding. Um, well, I, okay. Do you think you've gotten any more innovation out of WoW than a Call of Duty player gets over five years in gameplay? That's a that's a really really good point. I think that we're the no I think, probably not. I think it's about the same as Call of Duty for probably for, about the same. Um, and you're for, spending more money, <laughs> but 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 also here's the thing. Like for me though, like the experience within within WoW, and this might even just be a personal thing, right? Like, and I would love to hear from people out there. But for me, it's it's on like a little bit of a different level. There's a story that I'm experiencing with friends. You could say the same thing about the campaign, and that's a totally valid argument within Call of Duty, right? But for me, there's a you know a deep sense of the the campaign and the systems and everything that have been built into what World of Warcraft was 15 years ago plus versus you know what it right. is today and where it's evolved. So I think there has been you know innovation in in that game. Perhaps I feel like maybe a bit deeper than what I've experienced in Call of Duty. But you know that's that's my own perspective. But so what I, like I guess the point I, I wanted to make is like you look at a series like Assassin's Creed, mm -hmm. like they've been telling a story. For they the have, last yeah. 15 years, yep. Yep. year mm -hmm. over year, new iteration, but it's still been the same type of story. I think you look at like COD, like people play, you know, a, a lot of the people that I know that play COD don't even bother with the, the campaign. Which blows um, my mind because the story <laughs> is good. But they're in it for like the competitive yeah, community yeah. of multiplayer. And like a lot of those guys play multiplayer with each other. Like they've been playing together for... For decades. And that's exactly where, where that's this is culminating wow. to, right? Like that, that's right, what yeah. WoW is about, right? It, it we don't play WoW because it's a great game. WoW's an MMO. It's a great it it's a good really, really good MMO. Good MMO. But we play it for the community. We play it because Alex and I play, you know, because you know I play with the I community. met my wife there, you know. Yeah. It's, right. it's all the people that we've met but playing there, WoW. There are similar we get stories. to meet up once a once a week, you know. Yeah. Yeah, there are some stories to what people experience. That's not to take away what people experience in Call of Duty either, because there are lots of similar stories and, there. And those other communities are exactly the same. Yeah. Um, people that play Madden together, people that play NBA together and stuff, those guys are doing exactly the same thing. They're getting together with their buddies Saturday, you know, Wednesday night, you know, and then having a, a tournament or something. Yeah. You know it, the genre that's going to suffer? What's that? It's already suffering. It's the fighter game. It's your oh, like it's your street fighters yeah. and your Mortal Kombat's and your your Tekken's and your Dead or Alive's. Yeah, like yeah. those are the games that like you don't see come out as nearly as often. Like even competitively, like they're still playing Street Fighter Four. Like they just said, "Nah, we're not even gonna mess with five. Yeah. Like if you watch, what is is it is it is it Evo? I forget what that that um what that tournament is where they do all the different fighting games. Um, oh, I don't know about that. Uh, the ESPN shows them. Uh, but yeah, like oh, they, yeah, st yeah. they still play the old fighting game. Oh, right. Yeah. That's, that's the ones that people super street fighter have, like, turbo master. baby. Yeah. Super street fighter turbo. Get all uh, those. Super street fighter four. Like Blisters. nobody cared about five. Oh. Um, they play the old, uh, smash brothers. Like, mm -hmm. Like the I one think, for the I GameCube. Think, right. Yeah. I think I think fighting games is a game where 
if you're not doing something new, it's very, very hard to sell the consumer on why I should buy something new. And I think Microsoft learned that with like with Killer Instinct. Like Killer Instinct was a great game. Mm -hmm. It's a great fighter. But like there's only so much you can do. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's hard, it's hard to hide lack of development behind ooh community or play with your friends in a fighting game. Well, and and this is so this brings up another thing, you know, um one of the commenters in the article talked about the the gaming crash, you know, about 10 years ago there was um the video game crash where it, it you know, basically it was like a bubble burst. Um and there's talk about that potentially happening again and it's really, you know, this saturation of battle royale and Call of Duty over and over again assassin's creed over and over again like what you're talking about would you see i mean you're talking me off this ledge jadimes and i think this is good like but would you see that that there would be a crash or or anything to that extent again in, in the current state of things no i think there are too many free-to-play games like yeah that's an interesting point too the like free -to -play a lot games of these battle else. royal games are yeah. free like yeah. even call of duty like i don't think they charge for warzone but like or if they no, do they it, don't, they don't, they and don't. it's all they it's don't. all aesthetic and loot boxes and everything else. Yeah. So I I think that next year you are absolutely going to see a small crash in video games. Really? Because people are going to get out of their freaking house. We've been locked inside <laughs> for <laughs> yeah. That if if anything, <laughs> for, well, we've yeah. been locked inside for a year. People are going to go out and do stuff. Let me, but. but uh, I know this is going to sound stereotypical, right? Mm -hmm. But the the audience at large that really play video games hard, how many of them are people that you think really miss going outside? I miss going outside and I play video games a lot. Yeah, yeah but you're the my I, I Alex, I think I think you are the minority. I think enough that we'll notice. Yeah. Uh, Maybe I don't know. We I think know enough. Somebody really see the, the the I don't know if I, I, honestly like I think I think they probably sold so many video games this year that the adjustment it back to normal next year won't matter. <laughs> That's <a> possibility. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting. It's interesting. It's a possibility. So what will we see in the future? You know, this this ultimately culminates into like skeptic you know, we're, we're looking at this from a, a couple of different lenses. Obviously, you've been listening to us so far, whether it's doom or gloom or if there's, you know, carry on as normal is the video game industry changing for the better or for the worse. I think it'd be fun to spend a little bit of time talking about where things are going in the future, where we want it to go, where we want to see it going. Um, and uh, I, personally, for my own from my own perspective, I would love to see more innovation in the gaming arena. I, I think that we've talked about this before. I think this is going to be the last time that we see physical consoles and more of, you know, I think we'll be seeing more, uh, you know, online. Um, what, what am I trying to say? Like cloud-based gaming, streaming services with a thin client on, you know, the client end where uh, I would also love to see more, 
you know, with VR and how we push the next level of storytelling in games. That's where I want to see gaming going. Uh, that said, I am a potentially a minority in that in that perspective. I think there are more people that want to see more of the same and continue the good times with the the console push with you know Call of Duty over and over again, playing battle royales and, and stuff like that too. Uh, J Dimes, where do you want to see things? I would I would prefer to see more more stories. You know, I've, I've I'm always looking for the game where I can get the most amount of game for the money I spent. Um, and I'm also a person that doesn't play a large variety of games. So, like, I like a game that I can sink 50 to 60 hours into the game. And a good game where you can, like, drive ships around, right? I mean, I'll be honest with you. If these ship driving games, like if if the ship driving is more like what I experienced in Odyssey. No, in Black Flag is what you I, mean to say. But yeah. No. None of that Black Flag. <laughs> that Odyssey ship driving, I could do. I, I, I excelled at ship driving in Odyssey. Uh, that Black Flag, I, I don't think I'll go back and find. Um, but yeah, like I'm excited to sit down and play Valhalla. At some point, I'll sit down and play Cyberpunk. Um, like, I think I have the games that I'm going to buy and play for the year. Like, I bought four games at Christmas. Like, I don't I don't know that I really need to I need to pick up anything else unless something is, you know, nothing's great. Because um, I'm just looking. I really look for stuff where I can just like I can spend time like I don't want to see games that like i'm paying 60 bucks and i get eight hours of gameplay yeah yeah uh and, and by the way uh to add one more thing to my piece of where i want to see the gaming industry go in the future is a lot more emphasis on the innovation side like indie gaming being more it's funny i want i want indie games to be more mainstream but doesn't isn't that the opposite of where indie games are like i i want to see more of perhaps an embracing of that from the broader audience of gamers out there to recognize the greatness there so that they get more opportunity to innovate and storytell in that regard. Is right? control considered an indie? Um, no, I don't think so because don't think who so. are they, who are they made by again? Um, they were made by, by Remedy Entertainment. They're published by 505 Games. I mean, okay. Meh. Uh that's middle that, of that's the road. Middle of the road, yeah. Yeah, I, mean, I think I think I think that is the sweet spot for gaming. Mm -hmm. Like a game that didn't cost the, the publisher a lot, that gives you something different and fun. Yeah, isn't that a sweet that's spot? Not that's not going a sweet to, spot of that's not gonna break your pocket. Yeah, that's a sweet spot of a like, game. Like give me a $30, $40 game that I'm gonna enjoy playing and I can get a reasonable amount of playtime. And I mean, think about like some of the games that people have really loved over the last couple of years. Like Life is Strange, um Control, Alan Wake. Like these are games that were not silly expensive. Mm -hmm. They still looked great and they didn't break your pocket to play them. 
And that's like right up my alley, but it doesn't jive with this multiplayer contingency that we've that's true. You know, talked that's about, true. right? Diddy, where do you want to see the gaming industry going in the in the future? Well, I don't know about I want to see it go there, but <laughs> um, so I I think that we will see more of the studios being bought up, going together so that they have the resources to to keep making these games i think that we will see less of the last of us style risk being taken by the big publishers i do think though that we are going to see more of the small indie games though i think we'll see a, a lot more of of the Stardew Valleys, of the, you know, the, the, the phasmophobia, the, the, you know, the little, the little games that sort of catch fire. And, and I think the thing with those is though, is they catch fire for a little while. And then that's pretty much it. Because let's face it, there's, there's what, three or four different, there's what, five different types of games. I think it is. There's, you know, there's RPGs and there's shooters and there's there's right. really I, I mean how many how much gameplay can you have you know honestly so it's got to be about the story and I think or you got to keep putting find, out content. yes or you got to keep putting out content yep. um for a fun game so wow is a good example of that yeah um you know wow is a perfect example because they've they've created this universe that has lore and backstory and and all these things that they can draw from. They created all that just so they'd have a place to draw stuff from right. to create games for. So Overwatch is the same way. Yeah. Let's face it. Overwatch is a five on five battle royale for 15 minutes, right? But they created these characters with all this backstory That's to a, make it interesting for yeah. you. Yeah. Implementing right? Because that game's that been around cool. forever. Totally. Right? Yeah. I'm really glad you went there. I was thinking about that earlier in our conversation. Maybe that's a way to bridge so, the gap. You create more ingrained story into the overall experience, even if it's purely multiplayer. You got to make it fun. You got to make the, the five different types of games fun. To, fun to play and engaging and and yeah. meaningful. And I, I, and Maybe meaningful I, is the word, because I would argue it's fun no matter who you are. It's fun in a certain sense. But, but perhaps meaningful and and um, soulful. I've used that word a couple of times on this show to describe some games, right? Like adding some I, soul to it. I will give you the perfect example. Mm -hmm. There, I, my, I mean, I made no bones about it. My favorite game uh, of all time is God of War. Mostly because I like the story. But honestly, the last couple were good because they were God of War, but that was about it right you know they were the same gameplay you ran around you hatched with then they came out with the one two years ago yeah two years ago and just blew everybody away and why was it really it wasn't innovative it wasn't different it was story yeah. that story was just grabbed you by your heart and and tugged tugged you along with it you know grabbed you by just, something all right yep and uh and it was it was a great game it was, it was, it was yeah. definitely my game of the year for sure so you know that's what we want that's what we want out of our games if i think that's if 
I think the industry is going to is going to realize after this past year of looking at the games that did well and the games that didn't do well that they need to put story into the games and I think they'll they'll do that with the IPs that they have and that's what I hope to see. I I I'm hoping we see better stories with the games we have. Yeah. Write in and let us know if you're listening at home and you want to add some context to this conversation, your own perspective on what you want to see in the gaming industry moving forward. Do you agree or disagree with anything that we've talked about? Email joystickandmouse at gmail.com. Uh, I want to play a sound here. You know what that sound means. It's time for a, uh, a quick full stream ahead. This is some news coming back from the past couple of weeks. Google Stadia, and by the way, this is a bit of a harsh title for this article, but it's a good article <laughs> to, to read. Uh, Google Stadia shut down its uh, in first-party in-house game development. Uh, Guilt is one of their titles, and um, that's sad and somewhat grim news for a lot of Stadia fans. Stadia had this promise of being a, you know, kind of all-in-one platform where, yeah, like you had this game streaming platform playing it through the cloud. A lot of promise there. Uh, we've had our own reviews on it. You can go back and listen to some of that. It wasn't all that great for us. Um, but, you know, another piece was that they were still not just, they weren't just like another platform where you could play Assassin's Creed. It was its own, they, they were going to have their own titles coming out, own exclusives. And now that is not the case, which is kind of a shame. Um, and I think that this has sent a lot of people uh feeling very concerned that Google is doing what they're kind of known to do, just pulling the plug on something. So if you think about something like, I don't know, uh, Google, what was the the social media one that they were doing? Google uh, Circles? No, what Hangouts. was it? Hang, no, not Hangouts. It was the other one. Wasn't it Google Hangouts? No, Google, like, spots, uh, spots, Google, I don't know, their social media thing that they had for a hot second. Hangouts. They, anyway, they, you know, they, they like to kind of, like, cut the cord and then keep moving. And that doesn't mean that Stadia is going away, just to be very clear. Stadia is still around. They're, they're now just a platform. I say just, but you know, they're a platform where you can play games on the cloud, have it streamed to your computer, your TV, whatever, wherever you want to play it. But then the bigger question comes, how does this differentiate itself from something like NVIDIA's um, you know, solution Luna, you know, from Amazon. Um, what are your all's thoughts about this news from Stadia? I Brent Jones Thompson's not gonna like this. I, I think this is is death throes for Stadia. I I don't I don't see them keeping this past another year or so. I really don't. Yeah. Um they missed the boat. They had they they were first to market, and they had their chance, and they sort of missed the boat. And they missed the boat just pure marketing. They just mm -hmm. marketed it wrong, completely. It, and they should have partnered with somebody. They should have gone to Ubisoft. They should have gone to Epic. They should have gone to somebody. Hell, they should have gone to Microsoft and said, "Hey, we've got the infrastructure. How would you guys like to partner with us?" And 
we'll do this cloud streaming service. I feel like they should have gone to Sony because at least Microsoft has Azure, whereas Sony has like nothing and they could have done yeah, something really Yeah, they cool should have gone to somebody and partnered up and Still said, Still not too late hey, to go to Sony, together. by the way. Yeah, but anyway, uh, J-Dimes, what are your, what's your thoughts? I'll just say. Yeah. <laughs> I wanted to, uh, by the way, like, again, I, and, I, this yeah, is where I think the future is. I, I, I wanted it to work. Google Plus. Google Plus. you were thinking of. No. Thank you. Which yeah, I, I wanted thought it was a work. very good app. Just I liked it. Mm-hmm. For about, you know, a couple weeks. And then I was like, wait, what am I doing here again? Anyway, so I think that it's uh it's really sad to see this. I'm not gonna go as grim as Diddy as to say like it's dead. I think that this is perhaps it's dying. I think that this is perhaps an opportunity, whether Google takes it or not, to figure out how they set themselves up as a differentiator in the space of specifically like a streaming platform. What, what is that go to market differentiator? And I think that they have some opportunities to maybe set up some exclusive partnerships with certain publishers or, you know, to, to say, Hey, your, your thing comes to us first, similar to how Sony works with like naughty dog. Um, perhaps they do something similar. We'll see. Why? But. Why would someone work? Like, why would somebody continue to invest in Google when you've got like Nvidia out there? No, that and that's the question. Mm -hmm. That's the question, and also the fact that Nvidia doesn't hold your games hostage if it shuts I, down. I think, I think the real problem Google is having is that they didn't think they were going to have the competition. Yeah. And yeah, I what that. I think they're seeing is that they don't want to continue to invest money to compete. Yeah. It's one thing to invest money when you're the like lone dog or you know you're ahead, but when you when you've got to invest money to compete, I don't know that they want to keep doing it. And now they've got to compete with Amazon too, like yeah like who wants that yep yeah that's all that's a yeah, lot of that, pressure yeah they have to compete with with microsoft amazon nvidia and um um let me tell you if google was smart they take their money out of out of stadia and they would get on the bandwagon of all these people who are pissed at facebook mm -hmm. and they'd bring google plus back that's a harsh, uh, not harsh. That's a that's a far fetched. I'm and make it make it work. Yeah, yeah, make it work. I don't know, man. Write us and let us know what you think about this. You can email joystickandmouse at gmail .com. Um, Friends, one of us got very very lucky and got a PlayStation Ooh. Five, and uh, he's here to talk about that. Yes, and the reviews were so mixed. They I'm were surprised. Diddy, um, you son of a bitch. Ah, no, hey, not not me. Was, First, yeah, set, all set the stage. Set the stage. What happened? So, so, so I've been looking for for several months now, and I was was having no luck. I'd get in, get in queue at PlayStation or have it. Actually, I had it in my in my uh, uh, cart at Best Buy, and it wanted me to pick a store. And I picked a store and then it said it wasn't available at that store. And then it wanted me to pick a store in 
North Carolina somewhere <laughs> to go pick it up. And I was like, well, I ain't doing that. So uh kept looking, kept trying, just wasn't really lucky. And then I let the man with the golden golden mouse button know that I was looking for a PlayStation. <laughs> and uh and lo and behold, I got a text from him saying, Hey, I got one in my cart. <laughs> Do you want it? <laughs> and I was, was like, yeah. So thank you, Data Dimes, for uh, the the assist on, on getting the PlayStation. But so, um, yep, we did the uh, the old uh, pickup, uh, socially distanced drive-by pickup, and uh, brought my PlayStation home. And uh, so instead of a game review, we're going to give you a hardware review this week. Yeah. And if you're no. watching live on twitch.tv slash Alex so this is I just seen unboxing her uh her playstation 5 she's way prettier than diddy i figured i'd show this while he's talking about his hardware review so go ahead okay so i they showed a lot of pictures ahead of time about the size of this thing it didn't do it justice it's huge it's freaking huge i mean not not just big it's obnoxiously big (laughs) for no no for no apparent reason maybe just to keep it cool or something i don't know what the hell they tried to put in it but it doesn't weigh a ton so it's just it's obnoxious like are the side panels plastic or metal plastic and 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 it's not like you could sit you couldn't sit it in a media cabinet or or even turn it sideways it wouldn't fit in most cabinets so it's just ridiculous it's obnoxiously big for for some reason um, but my biggest pet peeve with this thing is I got the disc version is the way that you put the discs in. So when you put the disc in, it goes with the side that gets red out. Wait, towards the outside of the machine. And I'm like, it makes no freaking sense. Even if you turned it on its side. It would be the side so, you read up. So it goes opposite of our natural inclination of how to put in a disc. Yes. And, That's weird. And yeah, it is just dumb. It, it's just, I'm like, why would anybody design this this way? It's just it's dumb. Huh. Um, so that would, that's my biggest pet peeve. So um, the other thing is, you know... They tried to give it these soft, curvy lines, and he tried to do the black and the white. But you know what? In person, it's sort of ugly. <laughs> oh, really? It, it, yeah, it's just it's not, it, and it and it's got this texture to the to the plastic, which makes it look sort of dull. It, it might have been better just to make it shiny, and it's just. The LEDs glow in it weird and doesn't give good lighting. To, it's just, yeah, it's just sort of ugly. Sounds like the Xbox wins aesthetic. Yeah, it I, does. I like it's my that, Xbox that, Series X. I think it's pretty. Clean. Uh, but I, I genuinely, okay. like, I watch videos of people unboxing it, and I think it looks, I, I maybe I'm yeah, one of the I know. only people out there. I, I like the way the PlayStation 5 looks. Yeah, I, I think it's kind of And I, I agree. I looked at the pictures, like, well, that's sort of cool looking. It's very sleek and, you know, it's got, 
yeah, but when you look at it in person and it just sort of well, like, what's your thoughts on the controller? So, all right. So those were the those were my nitpicks and those were my bad things for it. Here comes a good part. Setting it up was freaking amazing. I, I, seriously, get between getting it out of the box and playing a game was about half an hour. It was amazing. I put it on the same network with my PS4. I said, I have a PS4 and a PS5. It said, log into both of them. I logged into both of them. It freaking copied everything. From no the PS4 way. That's the rad. PS5. That is <laughs> rad. I was like, you got to be freaking kidding me. I logged on the PS5. And it that's was some Apple I level had. stuff. Like, that's good. UX. That's awesome. It, it it knew what games I had. I was like, that's, it was freaking amazing. Um, I, I was, I was just so impressed with, with the setup of it. Um, I took every PS4 peripheral that I had, except for the controller, works on the PS5. The controller doesn't work? It no. might. I don't know. I didn't try it. Oh, I th I, did, I wouldn't um, have thought it worked because they made that whole hollow. I, I don't know. I didn't try it because they gave me a controller. I just I didn't didn't have to. But but the PlayStation VR, the external disc, the um, you know the uh, uh, headphones, the camera, it all just worked. I was like, I, I was just so impressed. Not only that. I have I had an external drive on my PS4. It sucked in the games that I had and updated to play the the save games. I loaded a save game off of God of War, um, and played it on the PS5. Did it Did it and update? And are you able to play the games that perhaps you owned a CD of or a disc version of without the disc on the PlayStation Five? Because you owned it? No. No. You still wouldn't need I still this, needed the disc. The disc. Gotcha. Yeah, I still needed the disc. Um, so that it that the setup and the controls and getting everything working was just fantastic from side. it was it was it was Apple level stuff there. It was that was really, really good. The controller is phenomenal. It's it's comfortable, the buttons are easy to reach. Um I love that it has buttons for the D-pad. It's not a movie a moving pad. It's buttons. Um, you can push two of them at the same time, and you get sort of the same effect of, and they're easy to reach. I it really the the controllers really really uh, uh, excellent. It's very very well done. Yes, it looks like an Xbox controller, so. It looks um, it looks like so of course it is, but dreams. yeah, it's a really really nice controller. The buttons seem to be in the right spot. I keep hitting the the cancel button, thinking it's select because Sony and Microsoft and yeah, Nintendo can't get their shit yeah. together. But um, uh, but other than that, the controller is really really nice. Very very comfortable. Uh, played like three or four hours of, of call of duty, um, with it. And, and it was no fatigue, not like the PS4 controller, which is just crap. You would expect this. The graphics are stunningly beautiful. Just absolutely amazing. Are you running a 4k um, at 120 FPS? 4k. Yep. 120 yep. Hertz. Yep. 
full full tilt on a 4K TV, and it's just absolutely beautiful. I can't it, imagine yeah. what 120 looks like. I'm it's running amazing. it on a HDR TV. It's just absolutely beautiful. I do that just, on my um on my Samsung um, down here with the Xbox now, Series X is incredible. Alex, what games do you have for your Xbox that run at 120? Um, actually, so I I don't know if I don't know if Valhalla runs. Actually, I know. So I'm running it at the version that has less FPS on it because I just wanted the visuals. But I was playing this other game and I can't remember what it's called, but it's kind of a puzzle game. And so it I tried so Hit, smooth. Hitman, yeah. and Call of Duty. Both are just stunningly beautiful. I just, just like you're looking yeah. through a picture window at it. It's amazing. I want, I want, I and want what, one. I mean, I have a Series what, X, and I'm, I'm happy about that. But like hearing what they about said it. about load times is absolutely true. Yep. Half the half the time, I had no idea I was switching scenes. Uh, as a matter of fact, most of the time, I have no idea I'm switching scenes. Um, you know, walking from one room to a not to the next. Mm-hmm. And the only reason I re- I realized that I was switching was that the little save icon went ah, yeah, to tell yeah. me I was going from one area to another. Other That's than cool. that, I wouldn't have known. Uh, it's just it's it's amazing. So my overall sense of it is it's a it's a phenomenal piece of hardware. Just just an absolutely phenomenal piece of hardware. The setup, Sony, they did their homework. I think they had a consultant from Apple or something <laughs> there <laughs> to, to make it work and just make it smooth because that was freaking amazing. They should have hired somebody from the design team though to come over and and, and put a little bit of design. And and I can see what they were trying to do. You can see they were trying to give it, you know, these smooth, soft, elegant lines, and it just didn't hit. But so uh excellent machine go get one if you can find one or get sick j dimes on it and <laughs> listen i i think if i buy another playstation 5 that is not staying in this house will might lose his mind <laughs> that would be number uh, three that's fine see see what i mean he's he's i might have to start charging people like listen so seventy five dollar finders fee if I get my hands on a PlayStation Five for you. <laughs> I need to. So uh, yeah, um, nine at nine to ten, a little bit ugly. Uh, the aesthetics could have been better, but yeah. But other than that, really, really solid machine. Love it. I, I will say this about the current gen: if you are tired of long load screens, <laughs> go get you a current so, gen. Oh, it's console. wild the difference, man. So, I ask you guys. I was looking for my copy of God of War. I had no. I have no idea where it went. I don't, I might have given it to Zach or something. I I, I was. Um, looking I own it again. digitally, so I didn't take it. I looked again yeah. just for the sake of being like. I, I don't Did see you her. Loan I swore it to I, Justin? No. I, I might have given it to Zach. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, and but so I went. It was on. I think I had it on sale at, at Target for like fifteen dollars. So I, I bought it digitally. I bought another copy of it. Well, I didn't know because I had the disc version whether it would work with my oh, save yeah, games or not. Yeah, it would work. I didn't know, but that's all right. And actually, it was twenty dollars on the store, and it was only fifteen at Target. So nah, neither here nor there. Anyway, <laughs> anyways, 
um, they had a graphics update for it for the PS5. Oh my god, it's gorgeous! Yeah. <laughs> it's freaking gorgeous, and you get the no load times because yeah. you're running off of. Uh, it's amazing. I don't know if either of you have ever played the Division Two on console. I, and I don't mm-hmm. know what the load times are like on PC, but on on they're kind of a the regular on PC. X, the the load times are awful. Yeah, the load times are negligible on the Series X. Really, like it's quick in the 4K six. I have a 60 frames per second TV, um, but it's still beautiful. Mm. It'll be another year, I think, before. I spend the money and get something that is um, like a 120. Yeah, because I have this 4K 120 hertz monitor here. And I thought, you know what? I'm going to put my PlayStation in here so I can play my games in here, make it easier to stream, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. It won't It won't fit in the cabinet. It yeah. won't fit in the... <laughs> you got to put I it mean... on the floor. Yeah, yeah you got to put it... something. Diddy, there's a company called... It's like HDE it. They make mounts for consoles. I and I saw the thing you can put it on the yeah. wall. Yeah, and then just run a little. It'll probably stay cooler mounted to the wall too. Yeah, you have more airflow. I, I think about yeah, my Xbox so. that way too because it's kind of tucked away. But I'm happy to hear that you got a freaking PlayStation Five. You and I were trying to get it at Woo-hoo. the same time, and I was one of those who had it in my freaking uh cart on amazon and i might have bought the one that alex had i don't know you son of a gun anyway um gentlemen that's going to be it for a show let's clap it out everybody watching live on twitch.tv slash alex thank you very much for being here we do this every monday at 8 30 p.m eastern uh, if you'd like to write into the show comment on any of the conversation that we've had today please do so email joystick and mouse at gmail.com all of our contact information by the way if you want to follow each of us individually is found over at joystickandmouse.com while you're there find us on your favorite podcatcher make sure that you don't miss a single episode and you can subscribe for free there um so uh gentlemen until next time diddy see you later folks jay dimes take it easy from me be good to yourself be good to others see you next time If you like this show, check out more great content at incastmedianetwork.com. Diamond Club hopes you have enjoyed this program. (laughs)